Welcome back, inebriate. Uh, I have to eat a little crow. Uh, we have a returning guest today who, uh, up until about 30 seconds ago, I didn't realize was returning. Um, Brandon Gorski, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so you were on the Beverly Comic Con episode where we had a bunch of different people on, uh, which feels like it was decades ago. But yeah, um, yeah I'm not even sure when that was. That was quite a while. It was either in 2017 or 2018 because that was like I think the last time that there was a Beverly Comic Con. Yeah. Well, yeah. how you been? <laughs> Long time. I mean, just you know, making making books, keeping yeah. busy. Um, I think when when we spoke last, I was doing like these like real like low budget, you know, black and white, you know, almost like throwaway issues of of Legends of Lease and um have since like really transitioned to working in a digital way um mm-hmm. so also revisit those pages clean up pages color them um so now i'm producing full color comics and um so so excited to share them with folks so um it's it's been busy you know yeah it's so amazing like how much has changed just in the last like five to ten years with like self-publishing and i mean every even like t-shirts are so easy to just be like i need two and you can just go and like get them online and you know it comes in really handy especially for doing shows and and things like that i'm like we just actually went through the process of doing bookmarks for the first time um which was actually really fun um they came out really good like they're nice and like smooth feeling um and it's um double-sided so it's like they're nice like little um freebies to give away with trade paperback releases and really happy with with the results of those it's been really fun yeah we we had to go out and get um stickers because uh mm-hmm. being you know bar um brewery adjacent you spend a lot of time and everyone has like you know the wall or the pole or whatever where everyone puts their stickers so you're always trying to spread the word of who you are um so Legends of Least was what you're working on then and now, but yeah. you said you had a, a new one called um, The Expedition of Alice Clark that just came out. Yes. So I actually worked with one of my really close friends. He's the writer. His name is Corey. His last name is like you. Um, and honestly, it's been five years of, of trying to finish this book um, of me even doubling back and redrawing complete issues and sequences so that the art remains consistent um, and it's about this uh, this robot on a, a different planet um, where humanity has migrated to Earth, uh, from Earth to this new planet, um, and you're following this um, basically this android as he's trying to figure out what happened to his creator and why he's alone. Um, so it's a lot of like fun um, sequences with like memory loss um, and piecing these um these these bits back together and, and really showing the humanity of this robot um, in comparison to how far humanity has come since migrating from earth and and what they're doing now um which is primarily like treasure hunting on this planet um, so i really got to design the the look and feel of that planet um and i mean the script was was so killer uh from my friend corey so i i was so jazzed to do it um and even like really pushed for an alternate ending in the back of the trade uh once he told me what his original ending was i i needed to do it um so I had a blast working on that book. It was just so much fun. It's it's been a long time since uh, I, I've been involved in the Comic Con scene, but I remember it, it seemed like the independent section kept like growing and growing, and uh, you know, there's so many different 
you know, styles and types and um, just like really eclectic comics that everyone's putting out. I, I remember years ago, uh, someone like stopped me and it, they were doing a comic about bird watching in Estonia. And I was just <laughs> like, I mean, it was forever ago, but I remember what it was about. Amazing. Um, <laughs> it, is are there still that many people trying to put out books? Is it kind of quieted down? Has it picked up where, where it's easier to put out merch? You know, how do you break through kind of the, the noise to. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting time because I've tried to really steer away from bigger shows because it's definitely moved away from an artist and writer focus. It's, it's primarily like celebrity heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why like when smaller shows that are really showcasing like the artwork and comics come up like you know like the uh, pages and pints that's coming up like that's pages and pints august 20th the mayflower brewery 12 to 5. (laughs) exactly the market that i'm trying to hit uh because you know it gives me a chance to like actually talk with people about the work um you know i did boston kids comic con which was like the first time i had participated in that it's run by the folks that run mice um mm-hmm. and it's just such a special show because there wasn't all of the distractions of everything else so like i had kids that were able to come up and you know share sketchbooks with me and like ask for feedback and show me what they're working on and ask for tips so it was like i don't really get that doing a bigger show or even like a busy comic con because there's just too much noise, too much going on. Um, but to, to, I guess to answer your question is like, I do see the same familiars like putting out books, which is great. Mm-hmm. To see that they're still doing it. I don't see as many like new pop up stuff or um, like one off things, I think because of obviously the price of printing these books, but also because it takes so much time to craft something and not knowing what people are going to gravitate towards. Um, but I'm always looking for, you know, look smaller shows like that. And, you know, if, if I do run into a creator I haven't met before and they have like a cool book, I'll, I'll pick it up and, and just try to keep in touch with them and, and see how they're doing. Um, Kids Con especially has been great for that. There's been a couple of like creators that put out all ages books, which is what I'm trying to do as well to just hit as many folks as I can in the market. And it's always interesting to see what people come up with and, and what they're gravitating towards. But um, there's lots of fun stuff out there, like lots of just, interesting independent books to to read um there was like a bruce lee one that i picked up when i was at kids con last time that was uh really interesting um i can't i'm spacing on the creator's name but he was great to talk to for a while yeah and i mean that's it it's uh, you're kind of hitting the root of why we even have this podcast is like i just enjoy talking to creative people about creative things because a they tend to be like really engaged and excited about what they're working on and we you know even if you're you know whether you're you're creating a youtube show or you know a new recipe or a book or a song we're kind of really similar in the way we think and that kind of it's more of a compulsion you know, like we, we create because we enjoy the process. If we can get paid, awesome. <laughs> you know, do you feel it like that where it's just something that you kind of, even if no one saw it, you would still do it? Yeah. And that's, that was kind of like we were struggling for a bit with, you know, we were trying to become this like incorporated publishing company. Um, and there's just like a lot of pitfalls with in terms of money and in terms of like, how we were going to advertise, how we were going to do all these things. 
Um, and then like, obviously people's commitments, they have life changes, they have children, they all, all sorts of things. And, um, I really like just tried to keep reiterating to the two partners at the time of like, I'm going to do this regardless, like regardless of who we are, you know, marketing and, and spending all this money on doing something like I'm going to keep making comics just cause that's what I want to do. Like I've had these stories like written for a while and like they're characters that I want to spend time with and that I'm interested in about. So like, even if it's not, you know, being option for some sort of Netflix show or whatever, like, it's just like, I like physically holding the book and knowing it's done, it's here and I can revisit it. I can, I can dive in whenever I want, or I can extend it. I can put a cap in it for now. It's like that amount of control and being able to just play in that world. Like there's nothing like it. It's like, it, you feel like you're drunk. It's just yeah. it like it's over you, you know? It it is, it's it is a great feeling when something's done and and done well. I mean, we've all done stuff where we're like, oh, I don't know, that wasn't awesome, but you know, <laughs> just when it all when everything comes together and you know, it's we we run so many events now that th- those are my little creations, like every event, and when you know it's a sellout crowd at a comedy show or you know one of our markets that you know, everyone's doing phenomenal and all the vendors are in good mood and having drinks and it's a beautiful day out. And then you're just like, yeah, this is why I do this, this weird endorphin rush that I'm after. Um, But it does put me in a weird position where people will cost, like you'll, you'll meet new people at, you know, at a bar, having a beer or just, you know, party, whatever. And you get into that, like, what do you do conversation? And like, I'm like, it, it's such a hard thing to describe. And they always kind of get the same, like, oh, cool. You know, kind of, <laughs> they, they're not sure. The I feel like there's been a big change in the comic book world in the past 20 years. When you tell people that you create comics, do you, is there weirdness? Are they kind of like excited to hear about it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's is interesting. It still the, is it still the dorky nerd thing to do? <laughs> I mean, people are generally, I don't think, even more tapped in than they were 20 years ago, depending on who, who it is. But I think like, I mean, even like younger gen, they're not picking up books to read. They're looking at things online. So I'm having to like sort of tailor to like, how do I make this digestible for younger gen to be able to like pick this up on a tablet or phone or whatever and just read the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do tend to lead with Illustrator first. Um, because that encompasses, you know, everything that I do from, you know, art commissions or logos or album artwork. I've had the opportunity to work with some really, really fantastic artists um, and really like make something that's unique to them as an individual. Um, but like comics does come up and generally people are excited. They they don't have people in their lives that do that. So when I let them know and then I start showing them the work, they're they're usually just like super impressed. Um, or just like had no idea that I even did that because it's just not something I tend to lead with in my day job. So yeah. um, I want to surprise people in that way. As you said you've done album covers. Uh, any bands that I'd recognize? Or? Uh, it's the singer. Uh, the band is called Hail the Sun. Um, and the lead singer is Donovan Malero. And I've done um, album artwork for three of his releases now. Um, he put out like a full length album last year and I was working with him over like a two month period, just trying to figure out the look um, and picking out pieces of the song. So it's a really, um, 
interesting experience to have somebody share music uh, with you that isn't released to anybody else yet. Um, and it's super personal um, and and really interesting music to listen to. And like, you know, I've never met the guy in person. I've only talked to him over the phone yeah, and, and through mutual friends. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting now to have just like this friend out in the world and he's, you know, doing his own thing in his corner of the world and killing it. And, you know, we keep in contact every once in a while. Um, but I really enjoy doing stuff like that because he's not, in, to use his words, he wasn't like, able to visually see what it was going to be and was really open to what I was able to do. Is it harder? Cause I mean, record album covers, I feel like tell a story in a different way, but in a single image, is it harder to kind of get that message across in a single paint? Basically it's a single panel and yeah. opposed to like an entire, you know, book that you can tweak and maybe have, some extra space that you know is it more challenging like do you prefer it better like how do do you i do like it it's it definitely is more challenging in that like you know you're trying to convey everything that this individual is feeling in one image as opposed to multiple sequences um and i'm thankful that he had like some solid ideas and foundation of what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and kind of just let me run with it so like i would send him updates along the way of like of sketches um, and like just pieces of it. He would send me things that were like inspiring him or things that he wanted me to keep in mind, color palettes, things like that. Um, but he really let me have free reign with um, the drawing and then like supplying me obviously with photo reference of him because that became a, a central piece in two of the albums is obviously we want to depict him. It's his work. His it's his work, album. right, yeah. Um, so I'm really thankful that um, he had the trust in me um, and that we were able to work together multiple times. It became just a great client. Um, but yeah, it is it is challenging to know, uh, for instance, like the second um, single that I did for him, it was way more abstract. It was, you know, a person like disintegrating in um, in outer space. So like you're trying to not like deaden the image with it being in outer space and like mm-hmm. also using color and also trying to convey you know, this figure, like just turning into particles, basically. So that one was a challenging one for me to work on, I think. Sounds cool. Um, so coming up on August 20th, Pages and Pints, a small press expo at Mayflower Brewery, 12 to 5. Um, free admission, by the way, if anyone's interested. Um, you're going to be amongst not just comic creators this time, uh, there's going to be horror writers and children's authors and someone's there with a cookbook and just a wide variety. Is that something new for you? Do you see how I like worked in a little plug about what's going on? Like that. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not, it's not new for me. Um, having done like the bigger conventions, um, like I've done Boston con, I've done um, the Northeast comic cons that have, that happen in Boxford, I think. Um, so I'm used to being mixed in with folks um, that aren't necessarily comic artists or authors, um, but just straight up pro- uh, novel and prose. Um, mm-hmm. Other folks were doing like anthology books that were like horror based or um, folks that do more uh, like large scale paintings or crafts. There was um, a couple of vendors that I've worked with that did like coasters, like custom coasters that, I mean, I still have a few of those around just because they were cool. Yeah. Um, or like painted rocks. That's another big one that I've seen pop up. There's um, a lot of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I've also like had the opportunity. Um, there's a store in Salem um, that I frequent and they let us set up. Harrison's? It's actually not Harrison's. It's oh, okay. uh, Silver Moon Comics. Um, they're in the East Mall over there. Um, and always in October, they host uh, a bunch of artists for the month. Um, they've started to do some signings um, for like horror actors and things. Last year they had uh the the teenager from hocus pocus the kid that played max he came in and did a signing um and they have all sorts of folks that show up there but i've like they've really given me a lot of opportunity there to sell my work and, and make some connections i'm always there for free comic book day nice and then always in october at least for a weekend yeah so so you mentioned har and salem is that just a, a you know connection to salem or or do you escape are your books because i was taking uh legends of um lease and to me that sounds and again excuse me for not remembering back in 2017 when i saw it um but that sounds more like fantasy type stuff does your work have like a horror feel to it I would say the Fenrir and the Escape from the Deep definitely, uh, because it's particularly about a character that's trying to return from the underworld. So there's a lot of like uh, Cthulhu uh, type of characters, um, uh, some like disembodied spirits. It's it's very like a darker palette, a lot of purples and and bluer hues. Um, I've got I've got all sorts of like creatures and goblins and stuff in in that. So it, that is a more I guess it borders on like a dark fantasy like horror. Um, there's like there's some like transformative aspects to characters in that. Um, yeah, that's the one that I think I've gotten closest to with horror. But I do have a few uh, short like horror comics written that I want to do as part of an anthology. Um, just haven't got there yet. Yeah. So. I, I... I found it interesting that you were describing the story in um, basically your color palette. That's, that's a very visual artist thing to do. And I don't feel like a lot of people do that. Um, And I always, you know, we've all, we're, we're nerds. We've all watched, you know, making of star Wars. And I always thought that was a really interesting thing that, you know, George Lucas did like every location had a very specific color palette. Mm. Um, is is that something that's really when you're working on art is that like the first thing you like come up with is like your color palette and then go from there um i think it depends on the work like for fenrir i knew i wanted it to be more like those deeper purples and like for it to just look visually so different than the world that legends is in which is you know it's it's very similar to like an earth-based setting with you know typical trees and ocean and, and those sort of landmarks so legends has a lot of like you know a natural world palette i guess you could say mm-hmm. and fenrir as the mirror to that comic is more like those deeper blues and purples and then for Atlas, we had like very specific orange in mind for Atlas because it becomes the um, his power conduit that uh, keeps him functioning, as well as the lenses for his eyes are orange. So there's a lot of like this play with, you know, sometimes you just see his lenses coming through uh, like a dark corridor before the rest of him. So that book became a lot of like oranges, reds, and then like some blues. So it's interesting that they're so visually distinctive with with the work um and i really like that i really 
am happy with how these palettes have played out um, and that I've kept them in mind for like covers for issues or if I'm doing like a one-off like sketch or drawing, like I try to like operate just solely in those color um, palettes and schemes. That's interesting. And, you know, sitting here thinking, I'm like, yeah, I've never sat and been like, this is the color palette I want to work in. Usually I, I draw it and then like my drawing dictates what colors I I, I want to use. I, I've been working to loosen up over the years. I've always been very rigid and hard on myself trying to get things as photorealistic as possible and failing. I mean, it's, it's not, not a photorealistic person, but uh, you know, so then I'm like, all right, so I need to give up control. I need to work in things that take that control. Like, Oh, oh give me an excuse to not have that control. Let's try ink washes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I've never like contemplated the palette before I started like working on a piece. Not that I get to work on a lot much anymore, but I, I think that's going to have to be something that like, I really kind of give a go to be like, you know, what, what colors do I want to work in and then go from there. Or I would even encourage you like something I've done in the past is starting, starting from dark as dark and then building your lights out from that dark. Cause it can just break down an image or um, a portrait of somebody in a way that I'm not thinking about if I'm starting a traditional way. Um, so like, for instance, if I'm like on my iPad, I'll just drop like a dark gray or a black and then drop in my, my highlights from there and then sort of sculpt almost with, with the reverse highlights and then figure out like, well, you know, what colors make sense for this? Like what type of world is this? Or, um, what am I trying to convey? Um, those are just some of the things that I I've done as just practice and warm up. Yeah. And that, that's one of those things that like. I still haven't gotten on board with the, the uh, drawing on a tablet. It just feels strange to me. And like, I know they've even gotten kind of like those overlays that give it kind of like a paper texture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. To me, there's just something like, and I think it's because I, I spent so much time trying to lose some of that, um, concern about like my drawings not being perfect mm -hmm. so like i went from pencil to pen because like well, it's in pen you can't do anything about it like too bad you might be able to massage it into the way it's supposed to look but you know once the line's there and i feel like using an ipad i could get really stuck in a cycle of just going back and you know, undo and redo and undo and redo and undo and redo, just trying to get that perfect line. It's kind of crushing when I'm doing something like not on an iPad and I'm like, I'm at a show, right? Like I'm doing a commission or like a custom cover or something. And I know like, this is my, my one thing. Yeah. Like I'm sitting, I'm even like the bleed is really happening because I'm sitting there trying to like use short keys to like undo what I just did like, <laughs> pinching the paper, trying to zoom in and I look crazy. Um, so like there's definitely the bleed effect and I do feel like it's made me lazy in some regards. Um, but it also gives me a new appreciation for when I'm sitting down working traditionally. Um, and I'm, I'm now picking up tools that I wasn't using before, like, um, like Prisma colored pencils and like blending with those layering those with markers. So like I'm using different tools, which I'm thankful that I don't know if I would have got there without working on the iPad and like understanding like 
that colors are just so you know vibrant on a screen like that and like trying to translate that into a traditional sense of my work whereas before i was just using like watercolors or little touches of gouache so i'd have like these pops of color but nothing as like you know gut punching color as i wanted in some yeah. of my work and i feel like i'm hitting that to a degree with like the colored pencil marker combo um they so used to do I'm a ton of that yeah you lay, you lay down the color with the marker and then you know you can do like a, a different shade and i feel like it increases the colors you can get it gives it a cool texture yeah it was one of my favorites for a long time Almost like depth to it and yeah it's just needing to have like a pencil sharpener with you at a show that's that's kind of a nightmare <laughs> do you do you, have you found the solution for the prismacolor colored pencil nightmare um, the, the thing that I tried at Boston kids comic fest was, uh, it was actually, it's an electric sharpener with batteries and I yeah. brought it up and that seemed to work because using mechanical sharpeners with those, they just break. It doesn't, it doesn't hold a sharp, um, point to it. It just, the nub just falls right out of the pencil. So I did some research and I'm going to share this tip with you and our listeners. Cause I was doing the same thing. I'm like, Oh, this, this sharpener. So someone online somewhere, and it could be just coincidence that this happened for me. But, um, so it's a very waxy lead. It's not lead, but the, the pigment is very waxy and fairly brittle. And so this, um, I'm sure it was an article or post. I don't remember what, where I read it but said that if the pencils dropped somewhere, it can actually fracture inside the pencil. So a lot of times it has nothing to do with it being sharpened or unsharpened. It's going to break because it's already fractured. And the way to solve it is to, to you take a cookie sheet and you line it with um, uh, aluminum foil and you crank your uh, oven up to 350 degrees, let it come up to temperature. You put your uh, Prismacolor pencils on the cookie sheet you shut the oven off you put the prismacolor markers in the oven and let the whole thing come down to you know room temperature and that like remelts that kind of waxy material and reforms oh. it made the pencils feel a little waxy on, on the exterior because some of that got out but um i had really good success and it was one of those like I don't, it was towards the end of me, like kind of getting away from those pencils. So I, I can't say for sure, but give it a try. And yep. uh, you know, our, <laughs> if our listeners try it, let us know how that works out. But it, it was a really interesting uh, thing. And, and generally speaking, after that point, I, I didn't have any issue with that kind of, you know, you sharpen it, the nib falls out, you sharpen it, it falls out. and You blow oh. through a $4 color pencil in 20 minutes. I'm doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> so just make sure you shut the oven off before you put the pencils in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't burn down your house and blame me. Now I want to be ready for pages and pints to be able to work on stuff. So August 20th, get... Mayflower Brewery. <laughs> um, I'm actually very excited about this. We kind of put it together. Um, a friend of mine suggested it in a way that I didn't even understand what she was suggesting. Um, but she had seen it online somewhere and it's just something the breweries have like a built in customer base already. 
people go and hang out for hours at a time anyways, playing cornhole or just having a beer or whatever. So it's just the idea of, you know, to give those people something else to do. Um, I was telling you right before we got online that a, a, another brewery reached out to me today that wanted to uh, the same type of thing. And they're like, we already have a book club that meets here. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. You know, let, let's, let's do that with you guys. And um, so I think, it, I think it could be really interesting. Well, I'm very curious to see how it turns out. The fun evolution of um, doing these like smaller shows. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I mean, if it's terrible, everyone gets drunk and hates on me. <laughs> <laughs> um so what's i mean you got um it's the expedition of alice clark right yep that's the one that just came out um what is net like are you working on something currently that you can talk about yes so right now i'm actually into the third volume of legends of lease i'm uh, trying to wrap up the last issue of that i've got like another 10 pages or so to go um and it's it's really focused on like the lineage and more siblings um in in the world that i've created um and it's also um, me sort of dipping my toe into like a, into some sort of like political um strife that's going on in the world um and so that's been interesting to to have like these parallel uh storylines about uh, siblings that are on, you know, strange terms, um, meet some meeting for the first time and then others trying to escape each other. Um, so I'm working on that. It's definitely like one of the longest, um, books that I've done. Uh, it's, it's five issues collected in the trade. Um, and it'll probably be somewhere around like 170 page. It's a it's a pretty sizable graphic novel. Um, so I, I still have all the lettering and everything to do for that. I've just been working my way through the artwork um, and getting like <clears throat> some of like the trade dress uh, lined up and just trying to figure out like what I'm going to um, what sort of materials I'm going to print it with. Um, specifically like after learning more about the printing process through doing atlas clark um and through fenrir and just trying to understand like what what i want the book to feel like in somebody's hand um so i'm going to be working through the rest of that and hoping to finish the art by the fall so i'm looking for like a 2024 release probably for that volume um and then i'm also going to do i've been doing annuals for legends which i have the first two annuals on my website to read for free that's brandongorski.com they're just up there you can just read through the the annuals they're there so my intention is to do the third annual and also put it on my website just for free to read um because those are fun i get to do like a little like out of you know the normal storyline sort of um exploring these different pockets of the universe um and like elder god characters i don't have that just show up normally in the story so uh, a lot of it is like really inspired from when i used to play D and like on like a bi-weekly basis so like a lot I of play D D, you nerd oh, yeah. of course where are my dice <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of this is just like fun like throwaway stuff for like my friends like having their characters show up in like the background and stuff like that oh so, that's cool yeah I think it's really fun to try to like repurpose some of like what they what they created and and this world that we were operating in. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy working on these books. It, that that's gotta be really interesting because I always found D my favorite thing about D and D is the creative problem solving or problem causing, whichever you want to say. <laughs> um, that because 
no matter how you have it planned out, the players are always going to come up with just some of the weirdest solutions that you're like that. I like that. How, how, how did you come up with that? And then a good dice roll. And you're like, Oh, great. That worked apparently. And it, uh, taking a swing in an NPC for no reason. Yep. Under I just, I always find like you have like the, the big, not necessarily the big bad evil guy, but like that kind of, I always call him uh, the district manager level. <laughs> uh, and you plan, you spend like time planning out the, the battle. And then, cause they do something just so weird and off the wall that like completely handcuffs the guy that you're just like, well, that that's over. That was a huge waste of time. That And then something stupid, like, you know, uh, a pack of wolves that they happen to stumble upon up for, for whatever re- reason, almost like totally kills everybody in the party. It, it's, <laughs> it's the most unpredictable fun, I think. Or they want to spend 40 minutes arguing with the shopkeep about something the shopkeep doesn't even have. And then, <laughs> yeah, then it's resulting in everyone's in a fight for no reason. And we didn't get to any of the stuff that I planned. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> or as a, a DM, you accidentally, put the wrong emphasis on a door and then they spend like an hour trying to get at the door and you're like seriously guys it's not important <laughs> it's just a door yeah. so love it love it so 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 great um is there a specific D story moment that you brought into the book that you can that jumps um, to mind Well, it's interesting because when we played, um, I was playing like almost the futuristic versions of some of these characters. So it's the comics have been a fun way for me to sort of build up on like the foreshadowing that we had back then to see how the characters developed um, through things. But there was like one specific story element um, where a a character's father was was killed um, and I actually got to do that complete story in the comics. Oh, that's Uh, cool. So like that was like his whole backstory of being in exile um, and what happened with his family. Like I actually got to like show that entire thing, which was really fun. Um, And now like he's shown up in the new volume, just like on a ship, just like looking up, you know, like seeing a bunch of stuff happening in the ocean. And I haven't even like done anything else with him. But for me, it's satisfying because I know who he is and and where he's coming from. So, um, yeah, I just have so much fun with it. That's cool. With the dawn of Twitch and TikTok and YouTube and all, all, all the things that everyone is using to kind of like make noise and, and get noticed, are, are you using those in some way to promote a comic book? Do you feel the need to or are you just like, you know, I'm going to do the old fashioned shaking hands at a, a con kind of way? Um, something I've started um, as of like the beginning of this year, I like redid my entire site and started doing just monthly updates where I give like, you know, small nuggets of like, you know, I worked on these commissions for this person or this is where I'm at with this book and and use that as my way to just sort of like free write um, and get get the word out there. The last two that I've done for July and August have actually been on YouTube. Um, like I have like some minimal experience with like some video editing and just, you know, quickly made made these videos where normally I was typing them out in a full thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding I have more engagement if I'm 
creating a video where I'm just talking about the same stuff that I would have written, you know, um, but the, with the intention of filtering everything back to my site to, you know, read, read the free books or just to check out what I've got on offer for sale or what the latest news is or if I have a new shirt or something like that. Um, so that's really the only thing I've really, you know, dipped my toe in is with YouTube, um, just because it's so universal, it's easy to share stuff, but the idea of creating another like social media account just to do like quick clip videos, is like just something I don't have the capacity for. Uh, you're preaching to the choir. I am literally farming ours out to my youngest, um, <laughs> who informed me that our TikTok is quote trash. And I'm like. All right, fine. You do it. Um, so, but I mean, it, it's and it's that that hard thing where it's like that's where everyone is, and you want to be part of the conversation. But I don't have time to learn something new, man. Like I'm busy. I don't want to. Like I'd rather just be making the books than like using another app. It's like yeah. the whole point is for me to just be able to make the things I want to make. Right. Yeah. Or or I go on to be like, all right, let me see like what similar TikTok videos are out there to like how I want to frame those. Vi- and then next thing I know, like three hours have passed. I'm like, cool. Not only did I not learn anything, I just wasted three hours watching <laughs> bail enforcement people arrest people. I don't know why. I don't know why that's what the algorithm shows me or why I actually want to watch it. But <laughs> Mine is the two brothers that are just like fake wrestling in a pool like with old like wrestling commentary over it. It's just endlessly entertaining to just watch these two just do crazy shit. It's so fun. Yeah, I am <laughs> unfamiliar with that. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, where can people go to get your books? You know, uh, you mentioned your website. Yeah, brandongorski.com is um, where everything is linked through, including my shop with all the books, physical copies, as well as digital, um, if folks are into that. Um, But more importantly, in person at shows like Pages and Pints at the end of the month. Yep, August 20th, Mayflower Brewery, 12 to 5, free admission. Great beer. (laughs) Lots, Lots of, we got, right now I think we're about 22 different authors um one small mom and pop pop like pop-up bookshop and we just added a publisher that reached out and wanted to be part so i feel like that that'll be a cool addition and um it's gonna be a lot of fun i mean we get to hang out at a brewery like are are you a beer drinker because i feel like some people are and some yeah yeah i love beer (laughs) um it'll be a good day then brandon (laughs) (laughs) um i think that's pretty much it man like um do you got any closing advice on for for the the youngsters out there that want to put down tiktok and make a paper comic book like they're they're the people of your i would i would encourage i would encourage anybody out there that's interested in drawing to just draw every day if they can whether it's something simple or small or um, like one exercise we did in school was, um, you know, we grab some sort of object, you draw that object every day. And that's a way for you to visually see your progress. Mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes drawing the same thing. Like, yeah, while it can be kind of monotonous, it is a good way to skill build. Um, But also people like 
take take a sketchbook with you to the park or on the train and just draw people it's honestly the most fun thing ever so literally I, how inebriart got started we we would take our sketchbooks to the bar and hang out the bar and shoot the shit and some days there was more drawn and some days there was more drinking and you know it it it, <laughs> it just became you know the fun thing to do once a week and you know i i used to be really good at carrying my sketchbook all the time it usually stays in my car now mm. but um yeah and and that whole i like that idea of drawing the same thing every day because not only it can get repetitive but then you're like you know what i'm gonna draw it from this angle that i never thought of before and it kind of like opens up your brain to like new ideas and a fun way to do like a different color palette for that specific drawing for that day so like like comparing it to like well if i do this all in red hues like what am i noticing that i'm not getting you know when i'm doing everything in blues like what why why is my brain and mind thinking this way yeah Uh, it can be really informative my current obsession is a single line drawing oh those are fun yeah they're a lot of fun and the, the interesting thing i find about them because we do figure drawing groups down here too, um, is for the short poses, I love it. But for the long pose, it, it, lo- it gives me too much time. Like I find it's like five to 10 minutes tend to be the best ones. And then if I get to a 20 minute pose, I'll do like a couple of drawings because I feel like it's just too much time for the one, the one line thing. I think like gesture and like the single line is like the perfect like kiss, like the perfect way to hit it of like um, we've had models where they did like, you know, 45 second pose and you're yeah. just single line gesture of like what just to loosen you up. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the best experience I've had with it. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, I apologize that I don't, re- you know, remember you. I remember you this time, I think. All good, man. It's only going to be in nine days that I'm going to see you. So if I can't remember you for nine days, I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to being there. I'm looking forward to to meeting some new folks and and drinking some beer. Yeah. Awesome, man. (laughs) So for our listeners, uh, if you're not in the Plymouth area, we will catch you again next week. If you are in the Plymouth area, come on down August 20th at the Mayflower Brewery for Pages and Pints Small Press Expo from 12 to 5. Great beer, good authors. No, great authors, good beer. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Check it out. It'll be a good time. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.